Hey, hey, friends. Welcome to the show. I'm Rebecca. Let's have tea. I'm going to start a weekly show called Sunday's Monday right here on Let's Have Tea. I'll have a co-host each week, my husband and pastor, Tony Morian. So, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Well, we've been married for 30 years, and uh, we pastor a church, Rocky Mount Church in Robilene, Louisiana, and we just stay really busy doing God's work. Is there anything significant about Rocky Mount Church? It's a very unique place. I I grew up going to that church as a a kid, and and now I've been pastoring there for, what, three years? uh, About three and a half years now. No, about three years. Um, August will be three. August will be three years. But the way Tom... Flies, that, like that's next week. <laughs> that won't be long. <laughs> yeah. So, um, how long have you been a pastor? Uh, I had answered a call to preach over 20 years ago. I've pastored three different churches. Uh, this is the longest, I guess, strand, strand of time that we pastored at a church. And, uh, you learn as you go, but you also learn as you go. And I I, I say that, but it, I mean it both ways. So how has it been pastoring during a pandemic? It's been challenging. It's been very challenging because you've got to make decisions. You and the leaders in the church has got to make decisions. Usually over a phone call or a text message. Over a phone call, right, because we can't meet together. So we've got to make decisions to keep everybody safe, to stay within the law. And uh, it's been challenging to say the least, but thank God we we have gotten through this and we're on the other side of it, I hope and I pray. So uh, I'm I'm excited to see what happens next. All right, another question that I w- would like to ask you, where the the listeners can kind of get to know you a little bit better, if you could only preach one message each week, like a certain topic each week, what would it be? The cross. Okay. Um. What do you hope to accomplish or what message do you want to get out on this new show, Sunday's Monday? Oh, just the love of Christ, the love that Jesus or that God showed us by sending Jesus as an example to come and to live a sinless life on earth. It's just love. That's that's what it is. It's the love of God. All right, so what do you think our assignment for this show is? Bringing hope. <laughs> if, if the Lord emailed us a syllabus of our assignment for Sunday's Monday, what, what do you think would be on it? I'm not really sure. I don't know. Just to... To reach Just the to, lost and yeah, to reach the lost, awake the those that are sleeping and yeah, 
and I keep and and I mentioned this earlier before we started. A really good friend of ours used to do a radio show, and he called it Sunday's Monday. George Sluppick, and he's in heaven now. George was an amazing man. He played that bass guitar, and he'd done something with that bass that made a unique sound. Yes. And when you said that just now, I was thinking about that sound. He can, he can make a unique sound, and I mean everybody's attention was on him. I what can he was going to do that. Standing on stage with that, with that guitar, and <laughs> and every time I say Sunday's Monday, I can still hear his voice in my ear saying that yeah because he loved that show so um but this is something that i want to start doing every the this podcast is new it's it's only been uh only has a couple of episodes but you have to start somewhere that's right and so since we're so in the beginning of it um i would like to start sunday's monday and it's just kind of a replay or bouncing off of what your sermon was on Sunday. That's going to be easy because I never really know which way the Holy Spirit's going to lead me before the message. But after the message, it's pretty easy to come off of it. Oh, let me tell you what God done. And it could be an extension of your message. Wow. From... From Sunday. So let's get started. Where were you? What what book did you um, start out in? Oh, we was in Jonah. Jonah. I'm getting, I'm getting my notes. <laughs> There's sometimes her notes don't say the same thing that I said. Sometimes he'll ask me, um, were you in the same service that I was in? Well, yes, that's what you said. <laughs> but we was in Jonah today, and, and everybody everybody thinks about Jonah and the whale or the big fish. But there are some significant things in Jonah that uh, I wanted to point out today. And it was pretty neat the way the Holy Spirit done it. And... So where do you want me to go? How do you? I did my part. <laughs> <laughs> you there uh... is um, Jonah chapter one. I want to read, and I'm going to read Jonah chapter one verse one. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, and the son of Amittai, Am- saying, "Arise and go to Nineveh." Nineveh. Nineveh. <laughs> Sorry. Don't get tongue twisted now. You did good that at that. great the... city and cry out against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah arose to flee to Taurus from the presence of the Lord. Right there, there's two things. There's two key, I guess, topics that we talked about this morning that is in the first I mean, the very first two verses of this of this uh, chapter, it says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah. Jonah was a prophet, mm-hmm. and uh, he was a prophet of the Lord. And there is some uh, really significant ties to Jonah. But 
Jonah was a prophet, and God trusted Jonah, but Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh. Uh, Nineveh. Nineveh. He Why just do you think didn't, he didn't want to go? Well, am I jumping ahead? No, it, you're not, because this is a good way, a uh, good place to put this. He didn't want to go to Nineveh because he knew God was going to be good with it. He knew that God was going to be gracious and show his grace and his mercy. And he said, why do I need to leave my homeland so I can go travel all this way and then just tell them, hey, you need to turn your life around, fast and pray, and God is going to spare your country. That's what his mindset was. God is going to do it anyway, so why do I have to go all these miles, travel all these miles just to go tell them, hey, God is going to destroy you if, if you don't turn from your wicked ways. But, but how many times do we do that? Well, what, did I jump a couple of again? times a day, <laughs> a couple of times an hour Right. when God gives us those those burning things, that gut feeling, people cause it. That ain't no gut feeling. That's the Holy Spirit telling you this is what you need to do. And so many times that we we fail to jump and go when God tells us to, we're doing the same thing Jonah done. And right here it says, <clears throat> the word of the Lord came to Jonah. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, and Jonah ran. He was supposed to go to the great city of Nineveh, but instead... He was going the opposite way. He was trying to get out of the presence of God. God told him to get up and arise and go. But he didn't want to arise and go. He arose and ran the other way. Right. He, he, um, I had taken some notes on that. I just said, am I running like Jonah? And are we going opposite in God's direction? It's so easy to go opposite. Very. <laughs> it's so easy to go the other way because it's the easier way. It might not be comfortable. You know, we kind of have to step out of that comfort zone. Then we have to go do something that may not be popular. That they might not accept. Yeah. They might. I mean, what's the worst thing they could do? Laugh? <laughs> I've been laughed at so much. I mean, curse us out? Shut a door in our face? Turn turn their back and walk away? I mean, what's the worst thing? But we get it in our mind that there's some outlandish thing is going to happen. And... You know, a lot of times that's why people don't know the gospel because they've never been told. Right. Because we don't want to get uncomfortable for a minute to to share that word or to share, you know, what the Lord had, had said. Okay, I'm sorry, get back on, on track. Oh no, that's fine. We're you're you're exactly right because that was the next topic I was gonna uh talk about was um when when Jonah got to Nineveh and and we know the the fish story 
all so well because that's the one we most of the time we teach our children. Mm-hmm. And well, there's there's one more place that I want to mention before we go any further. The captain of the ship, he come down, and uh, Jonah when they was trying to they was praying to their gods, the little G gods. When they was all on the boat in the midst of the storm and nobody could figure out what was going on. And then they woke up Jonah. He was in a in the deep of the boat in the hold where the cargo was. He was all the way down on the bottom. And he was trying to get away from God. So where do you do? You go hide as far as you can away from anybody else. They were in the midst of a storm and Jonah was down there sleeping. The captain came down and he woke him up. He said, what are you doing sleeping? How can you sleep? And we're in this storm. We're out there calling out to our gods. What's going on? What's going on? And then Jonah had to fess up. He said, it's me. I'm running from the God of the heaven and the earth, from the the one that made the land, that breathed life in the animals and, and breathed life in the humans. I'm running from that God. And the captain said, well, get up. Mm-hmm. It's time to go. So that's twice when uh, Jonah was told to get up and go. That's two different times he was told yeah. to get up and go. Commentary says God asked him only to go to Nineveh, which was 500 miles east of where he was. So he goes and buys a ticket to get on a ship, and it takes him 2,000 miles west of Nineveh. And wow. we're the same way. We we're we're right there on the I mean almost toeing the line of where God wants us to be and then when he whispers that to us or loudly, you know, screams at us in our ear or whatever, this is what I need you to do and then we go twice as far four times as far, whatever, <laughs> away from God. Trying to, to get out from from doing it. And then and then he caused these sailors. I think you used uh was it message or amplified? I used the message but I had read and amplified also and it where was, it... they they called them um mariners. Yeah. And this Bible that I have in front of me Uh, It calls them sailors, and it says that Jonah accidentally converts a ship full of heathen sailors. Heathen sailors. Heathen sailors. So, um, you know, so God, even though Jonah was being disobedient for a time, God still, he, he was, Jonah still completed an assignment for God, even though he was, he was being, he was being heathen, heathen himself, <laughs> um, and so they got saved. Right, he converted them. So something good did did come out of it. Right, but it caused a storm, and it caused those quote unquote heathen sailors to question themselves: Is it me? Is it you? It must be the other guy. Even in the midst of that storm, after Jonah came and and fessed up and told him, "Hey, it's me. Just throw me overboard," the the text says that even after they knew that it was Jonah, they tried to row theirself to the shore, 
and they couldn't do it. Every time they tried, as strong as they were, they was trying to row that boat over to the shore, but that storm, that wind was keeping it out to sea. And so even in our physical abilities, when we're trying to to row our boat to save ourselves, no matter how hard we try, we can't do it's it. It's just ourselves. like we're not making any progress. We're just <laughs> literally spinning our wheels or rowing our paddles and just yeah. rowing nowhere. And and we're getting extremely wore out and doing nothing, yeah. no good. There's no good coming out of and it. And then the next thing you know, you just will just forget all of this and throw your arms up and say, "I throw quit. your arms up, throw your oars in your paddles, your oars into the water, and yeah, just kind of let the waves and the wind take you where wherever." And there's another interesting point that. Uh, I didn't get to bring out, but even the sailors, those heathen sailors, when they said, we've got to throw this man overboard, even when they said that, they was fearful for their life Mm -hmm. because he said he was a man of God. They knew that he was running from God, and they said, God, forgive us for throwing your, your man of God overboard. But what spoke volume to them, them heathen sailors, is when they did throw him overboard, the storm ceased oh. at that moment. And after that, they, uh, they believed. Yeah. Well, in verse 14, it says, Then they cried out to the Lord, Jonah's God. Oh, Lord, they pleaded, don't make us die for this man's sin. And don't... Hold us responsible for his death. Oh, Lord, you have sent this storm upon him for your own good reasons. And then, just like just like you said, um, the sailors picked Jonah up. So, they didn't want to be held responsible for throwing him overboard, even though they knew <laughs> he's the reason, you know, for right. the storm. And then, it, verse 17 says, well, 16 says, the sailors were awestruck. Because when he when Jonah hit the water, the storm stopped. Right. And it says the sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him, talking about the Lord, a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. And then verse 17, now the Lord, well, that's, that's your part. I won't go there. <laughs> you can read that last verse when you get ready. Oh, what's that? When the Lord had prepared a great fish... Yep. To swallow Jonah, uh, Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Yeah, that was all in God's plan to get Jonah to just go to Nineveh and tell them. Yeah, and what? Every time I read this, you know, this fish, two thousand miles west of Nineveh. The fish takes him to the exact spot he needs to be. Yeah. And got him his feet on the shore of, on the banks of the, you know, the the, the ocean, the water. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that right there amazes me. That this fish, you know. So we have to, 
you have to believe that God is that powerful. I want to read something that I didn't, I did not do in the message, but uh, I promise it may not take long. Go ahead. Now, uh, this is uh, chapter 3, Jonah chapter 3. And uh, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and preach to it the message that I tell you. That's the third time Jonah has been told to get up and go. Arise and go. So Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent. And Jonah began to enter the city on the first day walk. Then he cried out, said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. When somebody is coming through a town... And first thing you're going to think of is that man's crazy. He's telling us our town is going to be overthrown. But once they realized, I'm sure that those sailors, they had done sent word to Nineveh. Hey, this man Jonah, he was coming to tell y'all something. Y'all need to, y'all need to figure out what's going on. And then Jonah, all of a sudden, three days, he is sitting on the shores of the banks of Nineveh, and he's going to start his walk through the city, saying 40 days, Nineveh will be overthrown, and everybody is listening. Even the king got the word. The power, the person in the power, or the most power in the city, he got word that Jonah was coming through town, saying Nineveh is going to be destroyed in 40 days, 39 days, 38 days, By then, everybody should have known that Nineveh was in trouble. And they done what any good Christian would do. Mm -hmm. But why do we struggle with obedience? Because the world tells us we don't have to obey what God is telling us to do. So when the world tells us what the world wants us to do, we believe it. Because if we don't obey what God's word says, who are we obeying? Well, that's that was some of the notes that I took this uh, th- well this morning out from your message. It says, "I said, am I listening to the little G gods? Am I listening to what they they're saying as I'm running from the big G God, our heavenly Father?" Am I listening to the little gods and being disobedient and running from our God? And why do we do that? From the lack of understanding how important it is to do God's work. How important it is. I also wrote, I I do fall short. But God still pursues me with his unfailing love. Yeah. Mercy. Here are some of the notes in this Bible. It says grace conquers sin. Every time. Every time. No matter what. And 
Another note I took, I cannot escape God's presence. He pursues me relentlessly. Yeah. No matter what. It's no matter just, where we've been, no matter right. what we're, we've done or what we're doing, he's still right there. I mean, I've, I've run from things that I knew was an assignment, just like with this podcast. Well, I was going to mention that, and I'm glad, I am so glad you did. Just like with this podcast, I don't know how to do it. I don't know what I'm doing. Absolutely nothing. But you're doing it. And it I'm not one to to ask, Hey, how'd you do that? So I don't <laughs> even know anyone to ask. I don't know anyone personally that has a podcast. I just knew that that was a, an assignment and then and literally it's been over a year. Yeah. And it's taken a while to get up to that point. It 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 has and it's sort of like running from Jonah. Like running like Jonah did. Right. But I could in the background, I could hear I could hear those steps, you know, chasing after me. <laughs> no, girl, come back. Come back. It ain't going to be that hard. <clears throat> but we get something in our head. Well, we can't do that. Right. Well, no, we can't. But just like the day that I... Um, I think I started out by making a trailer, you know, just telling what the podcast is about. And I was like, oh. So I texted it to you, the yeah. link to you. And it, I, it just, it seemed like that brand new pair of shoes that you put on and they kind of hurt your feet. Then it was like, okay, th- this isn't as, this, is, this isn't as uncomfortable as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> now, you know, I'm still way out of my comfort zone but so was writing I run from that for a long a long time and because I didn't I didn't like English in school and you said that for a number of years that was my that was my crutch yeah you know just like with Jonah but, but. But I, I I seem to remember a time when when you said, God told me just to write, and He's going to send somebody to. He'll to send edit. an editor. That's right. <laughs> That's right. He'll supply every need that we need. We, we have. just have to submit, stop, and just be obedient. And go and tell that word that God has given us. Because just like with Jonah, we can run in the opposite direction. But it's just going to cause us storms in our life. Yeah. And what and, 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 and what's so important to remember, the other people that that storm is going to affect. Mm-hmm. Just because you're not wanting to do what God is has ordained you to do. Right. It's not that what God wants you to do. You have a calling to go and do this. And until we step into our calling, there's somebody else suffering. There's somebody else missing what the word that God has for them. There's somebody else that's missing stepping into their calling because we're not obedient to tell people whatever God has us to tell them. Right. I can remember so many times 
when you said, well, God, I, I feel like God's telling me to tell so-and-so this. I said, well, go do it. And I'm, mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm, I don't, I, mm-mm. <laughs> But then when I finally, and I don't even know how I would be, I would just like open my eyes and then I was like standing in front of these people. And it was like, uh. <laughs> but once I gave them that word, the Lord said to go and tell them. And then, you know, then they start crying. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. No. I've needed to hear that. or yeah. that, and, and, and to me, it didn't mean anything. Right. But to them, it meant everything. But sometimes, you know, when you do stuff like that, that's out of your comfort zone. Because it's not you, it's not me doing it. Well, because I know nothing about these people, especially, you know, their personal life or whatever. And to go tell somebody, well, the Lord said your breakthrough's coming. I hope you know what that means because I have no idea. And then they just start squalling. Um, So... But that could have calmed that storm in that person's life. Right. So yeah, it, it's 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 important that we we are obedient because it could be life changing for us, those around us, our friends, our family, our church family, and that little seventeen month old granddaughter that we have so right i'll do whatever absolutely what does the um what is the last two verses of what 10 and 11 of john of four in that bible i think this is an nlt it says then the lord said this is uh, Jonah 4, verse 10. Then the Lord said, You feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there? It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I, shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? I'm going to just share just a little bit of what God has really put on my heart about that. Because uh, I'm thinking, unless the Holy Spirit tells me different, I'm I'm thinking that that's where we're going to be on the next few weeks. Is that 120,000 and one of the Bible said childlike people Mm -hmm. that was in Nineveh. 120,000 people that was childlike. And they didn't really understand what the Lord could do, what he would do, or how he would do it. But that's 120,000 people. Well, if we don't go and tell them, how will they know? Well, they're not going to know. Yeah, childlike people who don't know, who don't yet know right from wrong that's the message that's the message translation who don't yet know right from wrong and the in verse 10 right there is talking about that plant that tree that god ordained to grow up over uh jonah why he is in having his pity party 
to cover him with that uh, from the sun. And then he had that worm to go and kill it mm-hmm. just overnight. And uh, Jonah felt bad. He was aggravated and he was angry because his tree grew up and it was comfortable. Then all of a sudden it died. And just like you was talking about our grandbaby, our grandbaby's got a lifetime of work to do. Mm-hmm. And it's up to us to make sure that she's going to do that work for God and not for the world. Right. It's up to us to do that. And she don't know what she needs to know right now. She's got a childlike faith. Mm-hmm. Today, when she reached over for me to pick her up, I reached down, I picked her up. I think it was two or three times she come to me. And I, I just loved on her. I picked her up. I loved on her. I wanted to protect her and make sure she didn't fall and make sure she didn't hurt herself when she was climbing up on that bench. There was concrete all around us. I wanted to make sure that she was safe. But then I was thinking, I said, she's got to do that on her own. Mm-hmm. And I was letting her climb. I had a hand close. I was ready to catch her. But she had to do it on her own. And that's what's so bad because that 120,000 people that lives that, that childlike faith that doesn't understand between right and wrong. And that's our job. And how many around this area are living life and they don't know right from wrong. Well, they live in darkness. Right. Not that we're judging them. Right. But, well, this is just the way that it's always been done. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I've i been preaching for, a, well, I've been talking about this for many years now. Talking about that next great awakening. And this pandemic is just... I mean, it's it's really put us to that point. We're right at that line you was talking about. Okay, do we want to cross that line and go and to share the gospel to everybody we come in contact with, or do we want to run that 2,000 miles the other way? I feel like maybe we've... I feel like the Lord has put us in this well, so to speak. Yeah. And the tsunami just come in and pushed us to the edge of it because you've been you've been preaching that for several years now that we're on the just we're right there on the brink of a next great awakening. And for the last 8 weeks we've done Bible study and your sermons. We've had a uh, a live Facebook live Easter service, sunrise service, and it, church, so to speak, has been done creatively, <laughs> to say the least. We couldn't we couldn't gather corporately in the sanctuary. Right. On the church grounds. So God's okay. Well, devil, uh, how about I, all these people just start having church in their home? So instead of one or two or three churches in a in a in one town, because we we live in a small town. Uh, well, there's one, two, three, four, 
five, maybe less than 10 churches in probably a 10, 10 mile radius ish, something like that. So now there's, there's a, those, those four churches or five, six churches have shut down, but now every home or every other home is having a church service in their home, in their home, even, even, uh, now since it's digital on Facebook and there's people having church that travel all the time. Right. They just turn their, their Facebook on and their uh, YouTube and they just listen to it. And the audio is is reaching the world. Right. It's reaching the world. It's, and, and, and there's more people that's been listening to sermons these last eight weeks than ever before in the history of the world i wouldn't i well i'm not going to say the world in the united states in the history of the united states there's more people percentage wise that's been listening to a sermon a bible study or something dealing with god's word than ever before and that's that's the part where all the people that don't know the difference between right and wrong they're understanding the difference between right and wrong because they're being preached to in unique ways. Everybody don't like a hardcore hellfire brimstone preacher. Everybody don't like a a, a love preacher. Everybody don't like the preaching that, that, that sugarcoats it. But when you're preaching the message of the cross and you're telling people that Jesus died for their sins, I don't care how you present it. Right. When you telling people that Jesus died on that cross for your sins and you have to believe on what he done for you, what he done for you on that cross, and when you believe that, you can be saved. That's all that matters to me. That's right. Because I, I can't believe for you. No. Just because I believe don't mean that you automatically get a ticket to heaven. No. That TJ and Amber and Cadison automatically get tickets. Well, we can't depend on Grandma and Grandpa right. and Mama and Daddy to do it. It's it's our responsibility, oh. each person's responsibility, to make sure that we know Christ. Now, if we have small children, hey, that's different. It falls on us. That's right. It's yeah. our responsibility to teach our children to teach our children the way to go. Now, if you've lived a life and you've always struggled and you always had trouble and there was always fussing and fighting and there's always drinking and, and brawling and you're teaching your kids the same way, don't expect anything different. Right. But if you're teaching your children, God is the way. If you're teaching your children that Jesus died on the cross for you, that. And and the Bible clearly says it, and we believe it. That's right. We believe it. If you bring them up the way they should be, they'll never depart from it. They may veer for a time, but they're always going to come back. They're going to come back. We've seen it. We've seen it. Okay, well, let me look over my notes and see if there's anything else. I'm so glad you're going to let me be a part of this. Well, I'm glad that you agreed to this. So my final question is, are we going opposite in God's direction? Are we, are we rowing our boat forward? <laughs> or are we rowing our boat, or, you know, are we doing like a crawfish and walking backwards? And 
Well, that's a good challenge question. If you see, it's nothing more depressing to me than to to open up social media, and it's usually Facebook, you know, because you can just type out your, anytime you ask somebody, well, what's on your mind, or what are you thinking, Mm -hmm. and if they're having a bad day, everybody's going to know about it. (laughs) Facebook will, it's like the, you know, a newspaper. Yeah. Everybody's going to read it. And, but for them to say, well, if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all. Well, one thing, well, what does luck have to do with any of this? (laughs) But it's like they're looking for doom and gloom and, you know, my dog died and, uh, I lost my job, and our electricity got cut off, and, you know, what are we doing that's maybe possibly causing the storms in our life? And are we doing anything different to change that course? What can we do different to turn that ship yeah. to go the other way? To stay on the right path. So that's my challenge question to you. You know, are you doing something that's causing the storms? Can you identify what that is? And, I mean, we're all going to have storms. That doesn't mean, oh, well, I'm a bad person. Or, well, look at y'all. Y'all never have storms. Boy, oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) We have umbrellas everywhere. (laughs) Um, So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not living right. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are a bad person. It doesn't necessarily mean... um, It could be you've, you've been obedient and then there's just one little thing. You know, maybe witnessing to a family member, witnessing to a, co- a co-worker, witnessing to your... The boss man. Yeah. You know, somebody that's uh, has, a you know, seniority over you at work or has, you know, <laughs> they can give you a pink slip real quick and send you right on to the unemployment line. So, you know, God, if 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 he didn't think that we could do it, he wouldn't put that assignment on us. I want to tell that story that we heard this morning on the radio really quick. I'm, Go ahead. I promise it won't take long. No, no, no. There was a pastor. He was talking about, uh, he was at a, an, an event, and he was in the restroom, and he got robbed mm-hmm. by a knife at knife point. This is a true story. And he, uh, he said, all I had was a gold chain and $22. He said, I gave him that gold chain and that $22. And he said, when that young man left, he he said, I asked him, do you know Jesus? And that young man asked, uh, asked him, he said, are you a preacher? He said, I sure am. And he led him to the Lord. He gave his $22 back and his chain back, and he led him to the Lord. He changed that young man's life. Mm-hmm. In the midst of one of the most fearful times, something of his that life. could have changed that man's life, yeah. his family's life. Yeah, but he chose to step up and to witness at that 
at that very point when mm-hmm. he was so scared, the fear mm-hmm. was just overtaking him. The Holy Spirit said, ask him, ask him. Yep. And he changed a man's life from living a life of, of just corruptness, of just a criminal life, and he changed it. And then he said a few years later, he, he had a pen talking about Jesus, and he gave him that pen too wow. because it changed his life around. That's a true story. And it's a very well-known pastor that told it yeah. in our area. So it don't matter how hard it is. If God tells you to do something, just He'll do give it. you a spirit of boldness. If you, yeah. you Just ask him. And if you need a pair of Nike shoes, get you a pair of Nike shoes. And just, and just do it. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, any final thoughts? No. Thank you so much. Well, I'm so glad that you uh, have agreed to this. And we'll be coming to you um, for Sunday's Monday. And I can hear George saying, it's Sunday's Monday. Yep. (laughs) Yep. So I hope you enjoyed this. And I hope you're sipping on a glass of tea. Hey, do you like tea? No. Come on. No. He really doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't like tea, and I do not like Coke. We got, got the drinks mixed up after lunch today, and I was thinking I was taking a, a sip of my tea, and I took a big swig of his Coke. and I thought uh, she was going to choke. I thought it was going to come out my nose. <laughs> oh, it was. <coughs> it oh, So, yeah, I mean. To each his own, but yeah. So whatever you are sipping on, if it's coffee or tea or Coke or Sprite or lemonade, whatever it is, even a big cold glass of water. That's right, or some chocolate milk. That sounds good. Yeah. So, thanks for hanging out with us, and until next time, let's have tea. <laughs> <laughs>